I've got the music on there as well, but I'm not going to sing. <laughs> yeah, Bill's pleased about that. <laughs> There'll be a noise. But <laughs> yeah. So, for those of you that have been coming for a while, you, you, you probably remember that I've been doing a whole journey of talks on experiencing and using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah? And I've been doing that so that we can actually begin to do the stuff. Yeah? Yeah? And I'm feeling stirred in my heart this morning. I've got some a talk, and I think it's quite a good one, but, but I feel that God, <laughs> just as his spirit came on me as we were talking there, and I just feel God wants to do the stuff this morning, yeah? 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 So we've, we've left the communion at the end. Come on. Yeah? So there's opportunity for you guys to do the stuff, yeah? So it's not the Gordon Show sharing stuff that I've got, Yeah? And I want us to be honest with ourselves to start with right now, okay? So this isn't a time to beat ourselves up, just a bit of honesty. If I've been doing this series for a while, and if you had to grade yourself on a grade of 1 to 10, how do you think you're doing with contributing and bringing the gifts of the Holy Spirit within the 9.15. How are you doing? You know, 1 to 10, not asking anyone to answer that because there's something you, that you want to answer in your heart. How are you doing? You know, how are you getting on with tongues? Well done, Colin. And, and with interpreting tongues? Well done, Colin. And <laughs> with prophesying? Well done, Bill. And, and, and how are we doing with those things? Yeah? Yeah, and if we had to, to, to score ourselves, because that's what... That's how, that's how Jesus measured the success of his talks. He said, he, he described it as like building a house on sand if you listened to the word and didn't do it. That's, he, he, he measured it like that. And that's, that's my challenge to us this morning. So this is what I want us to do this morning. I want us to give space to use the gift of prophecy this morning. Very yeah? Good. Everyone's getting all a bit nervous, what's going to happen? <laughs> and this is what I'd like us to do. As I'm doing my talk, I'd like you just to be using, just tuning into God. If you don't know how to do that, don't worry, don't freak out about it. Somebody might be listening to God for you. And just, just think about maybe the person sitting next to you or someone who's just nearby to you. And just think, just, just, just ask God, as, as the service goes on, to drop something into your heart. Something that will encourage them. Something that you don't know about them. And something that will encourage them about what God might be wanting to say to them. That's all. Yeah? And then during communion, we do the stuff and we share it with them. Yeah? I'd encourage you if it's sort of a member of the opposite sex or something like that, just make sure somebody else is there so that things don't get misunderstood. But let's just do it in that environment so no one's asking anyone to come to the front and, and share stuff. And I'm just going to pray right now because one of the 
we all have different gifts. And one of the ways that the gift that God's given me works is that, 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 that God's given me a gift that kind of releases people into the gifts. So if, if you're up for what I'm saying this morning, you know, if you're zoning out, that's fine. But if you're, if you're up for what I'm saying this morning, I'm just going to pray for a spirit of prophecy to come on this congregation. And you just open your hearts up. And then during the talk, or maybe as the communion starts, just think of the people that, that, that are around you. Holy Spirit, I just pray for a spirit of prophecy to fall on this congregation this morning. I pray that all the people here will be able to prophesy this morning and share words of encouragement and exhortation, words of comfort to those around them. Amen. 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 And just to prove that I, I kind of practice what I preach, I thought I'd do, when felt God say that, I thought I would do that to the couple of people that were around me. So um, Jane was kind of sitting next to me, and this is what I saw for you, Jane. I saw like a, like a, uh, a bubbling brook river that was, that was flowing, yes? And it was bubbling and flowing away. And I just felt God say to you, let it flow, Jane. Very good. Let it flow. Don't, don't think, whoa, what's going on here? I need to stop this. Just let it flow, let your caution go. That's the word. Let it flow, let your caution go. And then the other person that was just sitting in front of me was Bill. And this is what I saw. I saw like a flame coming out of your head. Right? The fire of God, which represents the fire of God. And I just felt God just say to you, Bill, burn, Bill, burn. You know that thing that goes, burn, baby, burn. And I just felt God say, it's time to set yourself alight like you've never burnt before and just burn with fire okay. now. Don't, not a little flame coming out the top of the head, but burning. Now's the time to burn like you've never burnt before. Excellent. Burn, Bill, burn. Okay, so that's, that, that's, that's, that's where we're going this morning. So I've got about 20 odd minutes or so, so we'll just crush through. So the topic of this morning is Jesus the prophet. I just wanted to look at how Jesus himself operated with the gift of prophecy yeah just 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 look at him i mean it's a massive topic we're just going to dig into it a little bit and pull some stuff about the heart of jesus and how he up how how he worked yeah and i'm going to read some verses from the beginning of the book of john and they're quite well-known verses but they just tell us something about jesus and where he was coming from because that's always helpful so i'm going to dot around it says here so we got John chapter 1, verse 9, first of all. This is talking about Jesus. He was the true light that gives light to everyone coming into the world. And then verse 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God Children born not of natural descent, nor of human descent, but, nor of human decision, but born of God. And then John chapter 3. Oh, actually, no, we'll just read this one as well in verse 14 in chapter 1. It says, the word became flashed about Jesus, made his dwelling amongst us, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah. 
And then we flip over to John chapter 3. Loads of people know these verses. But I want us to think of them in terms of how Jesus' heart was and what Jesus was like. And it's verse 16. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they've not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly and that what they have done may be done in the sight of God. We're going to come back to those in a minute. So when we were talking in the past about how we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we said the way to do it really well, the way to excel in it, was by love. Yeah, yeah? We said that in one of the previous talks. We also said that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be expressed through us as people. So it's not like we're some kind of disembodied channel that spouts out what God's doing or saying. But it's who we are, our character, our personalities. That's, that's who we are. And that, that God takes people like that and demonstrates himself through them. That's what part of the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And... Moving on from that is that, and bear with me on this a bit, because this will sound a bit, bit complicated, but it's not. Our worldview and theology will affect how we prophesy. Yeah. Yeah? So, in the same way that our character and personality will influence our prophecy, so will our worldview, in other words, the way we see the world, our culture, our background, our biases, our opinions, our beliefs, our whatever, and our theology, the way we see God, the way we think of the things of God, will act as like a filter and a lens through which the scripture says we see in part and prophesy in part. Yeah? I remember when I had my eye operation earlier and my lenses were changed in my eye, they did one before the other. So I had this whole week where my eyes were like in a complete state, yeah? And the light that was coming into them, if you like, the, the, the images that were coming into them, they were perfectly fine, but they were totally distorted. So there was me trying to make myself a, a, a cup of tea and started pouring the boiling water from the kettle and I thought I was pouring it into the mug and it went all over the, the counter because the lens had got filtered. Yeah? And it can be like that sometimes, that the, the revelation that we have from God can be good and accurate, but the lens may distort, fuzz it, or even be a prism that sends the light off in a different decoration. decoration right? So let's say we have a, 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 a word I had for... Bill earlier. Let's say I thought that God was an angry God. Yeah? And that was my lens. 
Yeah? It isn't. I don't think he is. But I thought that. Think of how I could have had the good revelation for Bill, but done that in a really angry way and beat him up and <laughs> told him, you know, his fire, wasn't, his fire wasn't burning enough and God would burn him in hell if he didn't burn more for God. Do you know what I mean? But that sounds awful. I mean, in some ways, I'm exaggerating, but it can be like that with little distortions, can't it? And that, so so it, it, it's good. If we view God as distant and remote, think of how different our prophecies will be. Yeah? And I want to look at Jesus' view, how Jesus viewed things, yeah? What his worldview was and what his lens was. So Jesus came into this room today, perfect son of God, with who he was, and he started sharing prophecies and words to us. What would his view, how would he do it? And that's what I just want to just dive into a bit this morning, because that's what we're going to do later ourselves. That's one of the reasons I wanted to, us to hold back what we're sensing God might be saying to others, because we want to do it through Jesus' lens, and we're going to do some of that. Yeah? And the worldview that... That was... My notes got in the wrong order. They're like Boris and the Peppa Pig thing. Um, so, <laughs> I thought this was going funny. So, I want to just talk a little bit about the worldview and theology of the people that were around in Jesus' time. And this is why Jesus used to cause so much controversy. Yeah? Is that their worldview was that they were the only chosen people of God. I'm going to keep, try and keep this really quite simple so we don't get too complicated. And that they thought that, that God's will was to get rid of the Romans and for Israel to become God's place on earth. Yeah? And that they were looking forward to this Messiah who would come and lead them into that to conquer and beat the Romans and have their own independent country. Yeah? So that was their worldview. And their theology was through the lens of their interpretation of the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible, yeah? which is all full of laws. Right, so what happened was, is a, a little bit into the, into the Old Testament, is God introduced some laws that we know as the Ten Commandments. Everyone's familiar with them, yeah? Do this, don't do that, yeah? And because up until that point, if you'd have, you know, the only way you could have really known what God wanted and what was right and what was wrong would have been your conscience, anything God individually revealed to you or whatever. But God actually brought in a set of rules that said, this is, this is how I view things. This is what right and wrong is. This is how people live. This is how people live together. Yeah? And if you look at the, all those Old Testament laws that are all written down, they're basically based on the Ten Commandments. Right? And they were then saying, how do we work these Ten Commandments out in ancient Middle Eastern culture? And how do we do this? And what happens if somebody does that? And, you know, and there's a whole load of complicated laws and rules that all come from that. Yeah? And then if you broke the law, yeah, their worldview and their theology was you had to be judged, you had to be punished, you had to be condemned. Yeah? That was their theology that they lived in back then. Yeah? And they were getting that from the Bible. You know, that, that, that was their theology. Right? Um, and so therefore, if they thought about people prophesying and hearing from God, they would expect it to be about judgment. Yeah? 
They would expect it to be a point about pointing out sin and leading people to turn from it. That was what they would expect prophecy to be about. That was what they would expect a prophet to be. Yeah? And, and the thing was, is that even in Jesus' time, that even like religious people often do, they take God's rules and they actually made them even more complicated sets of do's and don'ts that weren't even in Scripture. They went even beyond it and made it even harder for people. Yeah? And, and Jesus said that they'd even missed the mercy and justice that came, into, that came from the law. And in actual fact, when Jesus summed up the law, because the law wasn't a bad thing, okay? Because like we, we, we can think of it like that. The laws weren't bad things, yeah? The Ten Commandments weren't bad things. Jesus actually summed them up. He says, if you want to sum them all up, the whole of the Old Testament laws, you can sum them up. It's love the Lord your God with yep. all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. That's summing them up, yeah? And if you're not doing that, that's what sin is, by breaking some of those, and everybody sins, yeah? So that isn't a bad thing, is it? To love God with all our heart, love it. You know, it's not a... Yeah, that's what the law is, yeah? But so, that, so therefore, they would expect someone coming in to prophesy to be prophesying off the back of that. That was their theology, yeah? But Jesus actually came with a radically different message that ran completely contrary to all that religious theology and to their worldview. And that was how he operated, so I'm going to look at what Jesus' worldview was from those scriptures that we read, because they give us a light into, how, into the lens that Jesus was prophesying through. Yeah, so if he came into the room here and he had revelation from God, that's, that's the lens that he would have been using. And these were all from the scriptures that we, that we read, Okay. The first one I'll put down here is that he gives the rights for all people who believe to have the rights to become children of God. Yeah. So when the prophecies would come, he would prophesy assuming that you were called and chosen and had the rights to be a child of God. Yeah? That when he came into the world, he came to love, God so loved, and not condemn. Yeah? So the Old Testament says, oh, you must condemn. But Jesus came in not to condemn and not to judge. So that when he was using his gift, he wasn't judging people. He wasn't condemning people. That was the lens that he would be bringing prophetic words through. Yeah? Are we, are we all with this so far? Yeah? yeah? That, was the, that was how he did it. The other thing was, he talks about he brings light into darkness. Mm. And this is the bit I want to kind of say with, because part of the aim of the gift of prophecy is that it sheds light. It comes from revelation, reveal. We've done this talk before. So it's bringing revelation. It's bringing some light into something that's dark. Now, when you read that verse in John 1 about evil people hiding from the darkness and not wanting to be in the darkness... That's one of the ways that our lenses can get distorted, and I want to relook at that this morning. Because if our lens looked at that in one way, that would think, oh, there's all those bad, horrible people over there, and I'm one of the good people in the light. But let's have a look at it again. Because the thing about, we said that prophecy brings light and revelation. The thing about the people that wanted to stay in darkness is that they were frightened of being exposed. That was the difference. 
Remember, all have sinned. So even those people that were, it says, walking in the truth in the light, they were just the same. You know what I mean? It wasn't that, that all of a sudden they, these are the good people over here who ticked off nine out of the Ten Commandments, if you like, missed one of them. Um, and then these were the really evil people over here doing all the bad things that, that we think. The difference was they were afraid of being exposed. That was why they didn't want to come into the light. It was fear. And fear and darkness are two things that go together. Yeah? I mean, just, just everybody sort of got to think of it. Just naturally, you fear in, there's fear in darkness, isn't there? And light brings revelation. Yeah? So, I had this picture this morning, and I don't know whether it's just a, a metaphor for the breach or whether it's actually for somebody here. So I'm just going to share the picture. I had the picture of this person hiding in the darkness, and they were hiding in fear. And they were frightened to come and receive all that God had got for them because they were fearful. They were fearful of getting exposed. They thought they would be judged and condemned if they came into the light. But the thing is, the light will drive away the fear. And there is nothing to fear if you come to Jesus because he's not going to condemn. Yeah? doesn't say that those that came into light. So they were also exposed, but they were not fearful because they were not condemned. That was the difference. Yeah? And those that are hiding in the darkness, the difference is, is they're condemned already. They condemn themselves, effectively, by not coming to Jesus. Yeah? Really simple stuff, this. But I think yeah. sometimes it's helpful to have our lens clear because sometimes it can yeah. get wonky. Yeah? So when Jesus came, it said he was full of grace and truth. And here's another one I want to pick up on. Grace, we're good at, you know, that God doesn't hold, you know, he's merciful and gracious. But then we think of truth. Oh, that's saying, Bill, you need to stop sinning in that way. But you know what the truth is that Jesus talked about? The truth is the stuff we've just been talking about. The truth is you're not condemned. That's the truth. So when Jesus came and he spoke truth to people, he spoke freedom to people. He spoke release to people. Yeah. yeah? He didn't speak condemnation to people. That was what the truth was. He didn't go around telling people they were sinners. Yeah? They all knew they were. Yeah? He didn't do that. He spoke truth, which was they had the right to be the children of God. That was the truth. The truth was, you believe in Jesus, you've got the right to be a child of God. Yeah. That's the truth. And that was how he did it. You know, and we did, a, we did this at the encounter a few weeks ago. That's the sun, six o'clock service. And Dave Collick did a brilliant preach. And then we prophesied into this. And what we said was, we're just going to share light that we see over people. If anyone wants to respond, come forward. We're, we're not going to counsel you. We're not going to talk about issues in your life or whatever. We're just going to prophesy what truth over you, what we see. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to see what God shares. So if you want to come into the light and have something from God, oh my goodness, did we have a ball that night. You know, because there's all sorts of stuff coming out, but God was doing it in such a gracious way. He wasn't picking on people, you know, and some of the people that had words were baptized last, last week. It was just, just, just brilliant. 
Um, and the, the challenge is, is that sometimes it seems that some Christians sadly act as though they've come into the world to condemn it. Yeah? And not to save it. Yeah. It's like their worldview is that my job is to shout against all this evil in the world. My job is to condemn the world. Yeah? But you know who the person who's gonna, who is the judge, who's been appointed as the judge, is he's Jesus, the one who doesn't condemn. And at the end of time, he will judge. But that's the time for that. Our old is to preach a message of grace and truth to people. Bring them into the light. Yeah? Yeah? And we're not saying that sin isn't a problem. We're just saying that the cure to it is come into the light. Not to condemn and judge and punish. Yeah? And I'm just going to take us through as we come into land, because it always runs away from me, the time, is I just want to look at Jesus doing this in practice with, with four people. The first one is a guy called Nathaniel. And Jesus saw him, he saw a picture, you know, we talk about seeing pictures about people, and he saw him sitting under a tree, and he saw right into his heart, and Jesus said to him, I see that you're a person without guile. That means he wasn't deceitful. He saw right into that. You know what I mean? He didn't point out Nathaniel's sins to him. He didn't say, I know you've done this, that, and you. They just said you were that guy. And you know what happened? Nathaniel came and became a follower of Jesus. He just yeah. called out what was, what was in there. You know? That might have been the only good thing about Nathaniel, that he wasn't deceitful. He might have done all sorts of bad things. But Jesus spoke right into his heart. Yeah? Then there was a woman, a Samaritan woman at the well that we often know the story about. And Jesus was talking to her. And, he, and he, he, he knew in his heart that, about this lady that she'd had five husbands and she was living with someone who wasn't her husband at the moment. He knew that because he, he was operating prophetically because it comes out later in the story. But he didn't sit there and start the conversation by pointing out, I see that you're living in adultery at the moment and that you've had five husbands and you need to repent of that. He didn't say that once to her, did he? Not once. He didn't say, you've got to repent of your sin once to her. You know what he said to her? He just started talking to her about giving living water, mm. about giving her something that would satisfy her. Yeah. yeah? It's almost like he was speaking the truth into her situation that she was going from relationship to relationship because there was nothing was satisfying her. That when one husband didn't satisfy, she moved on to another one and another one. And, that's, and do you know what? And that's not saying that what she was doing was right. Do you know what I mean? Because sin hurts. And in the middle of this story, there was a heck of a lot of hurt. Either the people who men had been dumped, or in her, because maybe she was abused or something like that. Who knows? But Jesus didn't expose any of that, did he? He didn't say, he didn't point that out, you know, and tell her, you know. What he did was, is he spoke to her about having something, and then he just shared that with her, and she ended up going out, telling people about Jesus and whatever, and no doubt sorted her life out, because she came into the light. Because when you come into the light, that's when you sort it out. Then there's Zacchaeus. That's a really interesting one. Because we're not saying, that, by the way, that any of these people were nice people. She probably wasn't a very nice woman to know. She's probably the sort of person we, we would probably avoid. Because we probably think she's not that nice, you know. Certainly won't want to try and get in too close to her, you know, in relationship-wise. Because she probably was unreliable and that sort of thing. But that's not what Jesus did. He, he, he went to the issue. So Zacchaeus, now he was horrible. Let's, let's be totally blunt, you know. Little song, Zacchaeus was a very little man. No, Zacchaeus might have been little, but he was a horrible man. Right? right? Let's just think about Zacchaeus, right? If we put it into modern days, he would be like a Ukrainian 
living in occupied Russia, collaborating with the Russians and milking his own fellow citizens, the Ukrainians. That's what he would have been like. Yeah? Because he was a collaborator with the Romans and he was corrupt and milking his own people. Yeah? That is not a nice person. Yeah? That is not the person that, that the average Ukrainian, if you like, is going to be mates with, is it? You know, that is not a nice person. That's who Zacchaeus was. And do you know what? Jesus was walking along. Zacchaeus was hiding in a tree. And, and Jesus was walking along. Jesus went, Zacchaeus, he knew his name. He operated with the word of knowledge and knew his name. Yeah, he's operating the gifts of it. Zacchaeus, you know what he said? I want to come to your house. I bet no one ever went to Zacchaeus' house. They'd end up fleeced, wouldn't they? But, but, you know, he said, I'm coming to your house. And that's a way in that culture of honouring people. Now, we, we, we invite someone around to one of them, but in Middle Eastern culture, you go to someone's house to handle them. He says, I'm coming to honour you. Everyone knew who he was. He didn't sit there and say, I know you've been stealing, did he? I, I've saw all that money you're taking. He just said, I'm coming to your house. Yeah, very good. He went to his house. The light came in, Jesus. And at that point, Zacchaeus went, started giving all his money away and repenting. But Jesus yeah. didn't. That's how Jesus operated. And then there's a final one. There was a sinful woman described as anointing Jesus. She was crying and she was anointing Jesus with oil and stuff like that. And Simon the Pharisee, who was there, he thought that Jesus couldn't be a true prophet because he didn't realize she was a sinner. That's, that's, his, that's what he was thinking. You know, surely if he's a true prophet, he should, Jesus should have picked up on that. But you know what Jesus did? Of course he knew what her life was like. But you know what he did? He told her her sins were forgiven. He, gave, he told her to have peace. Yeah? That's how Jesus operated. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly who she was. And we're just going to come into land now and have the communion. And I just encourage us, take time to study scripture to ensure our theology is straight. Yeah? Recognize our biases. As someone said recently, it doesn't take a prophet to find sin in someone, but it does take a true prophet to see what God has made someone, despite the obvious sin that's, that's been called out. Let's look to see what God's saying. Yeah? And we're just going to take communion now, and if God's put anyone on your heart to prophesy over, then, to, then, to, then please do it now. Yeah? Yeah, I just feel Seressa for you. One of the things that, that God sometimes does is he shows me seats before the meeting. Um, the other seat was that lady there. Um, the, it's gone out. I thought I'd do it with in case she runs out. The person sitting over there. And I felt God say to you that he's got a fresh purpose for your life, that you're called with purpose and there's a fresh purpose to come on you. And he wants you to take some time just to seek him for his fresh purpose for you. There's a new phase coming and a fresh purpose. Yeah? And can I just share a word for your wife as well? Yes. Just so Yeah, I'll share it with her later. Yeah. So let's hand over the communion and I encourage us, let's just pray and prophesy over one another and do it over the tea and coffee. Yeah? End of talk. <laughs>